It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Wentz and the shotgun. Wentz with a commanding presence is back. Here comes the rush. He steps up. He fires on the run. Complete to Ertz across midfield. Look at that kid. Ertz got out of came across the field and there was great movement by Wentz and he threw a dart. He threw a dart. Nation. We are live and local at the Plumsteadville Pub. We uh, and, and for those that don't know, Mr. John Barcher and James Elser here at our old stomping grounds because we uh, grew up maybe a good five minutes five minutes from this excellent. Oh, John, I, I would there. say a two minute drive, wow. <laughs> maybe from three right here. from right here where I grew up. Yeah, and this uh, we're the, so like I said, we're at the uh, Plumsteadville Pub, and it is. Gorgeous right now. There is nothing but you know nice wood floor. They've got pool tables, darts, uh, the best U-shaped bar I've ever been in, to be honest with you. So we've got that going on uh, as well. Uh, John and Marissa are here with us, and uh, you know, the speaker and, and, and they can't hear us live in here. So we're going to try and turn that up maybe just a little bit. Better. And I don't know if there's any way to do that from the speaker down below here. Uh, but we are welcoming finally. Who missed us? On Saturday, was not here for the radio show, Mr. Brandley Gowton. What's you, going on, pal? You assume that I missed you. Well, well we <laughs> well, said we missed you, but ouch, that's kind of, of messed course up, I missed yeah. you guys. <laughs> you can always assume that. That's right. I'm glad to be here. Uh, we wanted to. I mean, like, of course, I went crazy, and after maybe after we'll, we'll get into it a little bit because after Doug Peterson's press conference, some things Ooh. and feelings have changed in my in my Ooh. mind. But but really? we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But BLG, how were you feeling overall with just the fallout of you know of this Bengals game and, and everything else that's happening here? Oh, I feel great, John. Just, <laughs> of course you just, do. Yeah, it's just dandy. Uh, no, I mean the way that game was on Sunday really doesn't even have me thinking about the game as much as it does the big picture now and about how you know when Doug Peterson was hired. You know, we had a lot of concerns about 
how the process went down. And I know some people might want to be like, you know, that's so far in the past. Let's, you know, move on from that. But, uh, you know, I think it's extremely relevant, those concerns now, because they're coming up now. We're, we're, you know, you have those doubts about how the hiring process went down and, and how the uh, Doug wasn't the Eagles' first choice, and maybe that well, shouldn't yeah, we mean s- anything. We mentioned that a little bit too. Yeah, but um, it's just it, it feels like they're at a point now where, uh, as we have a lot of things going on right now, which is why I can't focus. <laughs> just, sorry, there's, there's, um, we're we're fighting through some a little bit of technical difficulties, but it's okay. Um, I think with Doug being a pro, I'm just, trying. Yeah, sorry, just go, going right <laughs> through. That's right why I love through. it. Um, <laughs> with Doug, it's it's kind of just weird because it's like. I think you guys said it. Like, I'm not calling from the fire to him at this point. I think it's too early. At the same time, that effort is unacceptable. Like, I know talent's a big issue, but that doesn't excuse a lack of effort. And for them to go out there on Sunday and be that effortless, if that's how it is for these last four games, which I honestly don't expect, but if it is, you have to fire him. You can't keep a coach whose team has quit on him. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's the certainly the way it looked. I think the bigger issue, which you alluded to and discussed, is more that, A, like, first of all, like, we don't, like, it's certainly possible that the team has quit on him. I, I don't want to make that, you know, inference, so to speak, from one bad outing. You know, we'll see how they react and, and see if they kind of bounce back for this guy. But I don't know how you could be in the locker room and – watch these press conferences or, or hear it or whatever. You can't tell me that, that you know, players are not aware of what their coaches are saying or, or what's actually happening. So, you know, you can't tell me that that, that isn't going to have some sort of effect on the locker room. They can't see Doug Peterson go out and say, no, my guys didn't quit, my guys didn't quit. Two times, two yes. separate answers to two separate questions, not even including this saying it before, right after the game. So he said three separate times he didn't see any quit. And then when pressed by Howard Eskin and props to Howard for prepping, for, for pressing him, but Howard pressed him and he just caves. He just says, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. Not everybody. My bad. I, everything I said before is, is BS. Uh, you're right, Howard. Like, it was, just, it was, it was ridiculous. It was, it was ridiculous. Like, it's like your, your NFL head coach is willing to, to go back on something he said minutes before. And not just that, something that is insanely inflammatory, especially within a locker room. I mean, that's a legitimate worry in my mind. I'll, t- I'll take a, a, a slightly different take on that where don't you think it's a little better that he came out and went like, actually, yeah, there, are, there were some that weren't. No, to their, to no, their no, you, <laughs> you, you deflect. You're an NFL coach. You say, That's what you know what, you, whatever you say, listen, I'm not talking about the effort anymore. We've talked about that. I, what's going to happen is we're going to go in and we're going to work on this and we're going to fix this and we're going to move forward. Whatever you have to do, you don't. You don't go back on what you said minutes before. Look, if he, I think he should have come out from the beginning and said, yeah, like, look, we didn't play hard enough. We played like crap. We lost. Like, that's on us. But he didn't. He didn't do that. And then you can't come out and say that and then at the end of the same freaking press conference say, oh, you know what? My bad. You're right. <laughs> or, or just in, even the other thing that bug, really bugged the hell out of me was the fact that didn't even talk to, just, didn't talk to Zach Ertz. After everybody, like, he questioned him about that blog. He's like, oh, yeah, we'll have to go and see that. Have you talked to him yet? No. Then they asked Zach Ertz about it. He's just like, yeah, I mean, like, he you released, know. Zach Ertz released a statement. Yeah, I knew. Uh, that he didn't he went and someone. he Belichicked it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Said we're on this. Guys, don't ask me about that anymore. What I'm the on the Washington. Was we're that? on to Washington. And then, like, but to your point, John, like, how, uh, not just a day later, how has he not talked to Zach Ertz in the moment when that play happens? You watch that play happen. You're an NFL coach. How do you not grab that guy by the collar and say, Dude, what are you doing? Like the fact that it's not only in the moment, but then a day later, even after watching the film, he still hasn't spoken to him. I mean, I'm sorry. To me, that is a legitimate, real worry. That that to me symbols something more, you know, endemic of something bigger. Well, and the, and there is, you know, after you make that statement, then I just come to okay. If they weren't playing, whoever the guys were. Because we're never gonna, we're gonna never, yeah, espe- especially like you know, at least he hid that, I guess, <laughs> from, yeah. from the rest of the media. <laughs> whoever those call guys, out, well, this guy gave it a you know, quit on me, and this guy quit on me. Whoever, the, whoever those guys are, you sit them. Going into Washington, right, gets your then, I, but, I, I, I don't care if you don't have any players left to play. But you he, sit him and you make a statement. I agree, he should have done that, but he missed that opportunity. Like I don't he, think, I don't think he has. Right now, if you if you if today you realize that these guys aren't practicing or whatever, or they're like you know, but I, they have to do something. You got to throw a chair. You have to do. Well, that's the thing is he he's that's, going that's on the problem that. is he opened Pandora's box like he basically like called out like asked for people to question who quit like that yeah, is what he, yeah, did. he did. Yeah, yeah, it's, did and it's and that is a major issue because like you said the if he does sit somebody then then we all then, are like that guy blows can, up to a whole thing it, oh it's Doug just, thinks it's these guys a, quit it's just a really bad situation that he has created from something where it didn't need to, like it was already bad enough and he made it way worse just by talking yeah and the and what's what gets even crazier now is you as you start to go through these things our old friend Josh Huff was activated today. Got me thinking a little bit, and there's something that I meant to mention on the re- uh, on the recap pod because, and I had tweeted it out, and I mentioned this to you, Brandon, and I'm, I, you know, there are parts of this thing where you start to think and go back now because that's what we're gonna do. Sorry, guys, like if there if there are times when it, th- this team is five and seven and it is the way it is and it's looking abysmal, regardless of whether you thought it was a rebuild, whether you thought it was gonna be a playoff team or wherever it is, you're gonna go back to this thing and then remember the hiring process and be like. Oh man, okay. Where 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 were we at then? What were we saying right then and there? And then you start to realize, well, Jim Schwartz was here before Doug Peterson was, basically. Doug Peterson didn't hire that guy. And so you already have this mentality in the locker room where it's it's already gonna be semi split, right? So you have you have Schwartz in there doing his own thing, he's gonna be a part of the defense. Doug's not gonna touch that. He's even said so. But the input that both of those guys have with their respective things there. Doug has n- basically, he can say as much as he wants as, as far as like input and everything that goes in through there. He doesn't really have any say about personnel on the offensive side of the ball. Jim Schwartz has complete control, and that is obvious by the moves that have happened and have happened and who is starting and who is not on the defensive side of the ball. They listen to him when it comes to that. It's his scheme, which is what they were trying to avoid. But I think that kind of creates the respect level there as well. You're already giving more power to a coach that's not the head coach in the locker room as far as what he determines is going to be on the field versus Doug Peterson. I'm not sure. Like, you know, you start to think of those things. How much involvement was not that, you know, it's not a Josh Huff debate. I don't really care if he's here or not. No. But Nigel Bradham's still here. You know, you start to think of those things and they go through your head. Nigel Bradham's still here. He went through some shit. I'm sure that he said, no, there's no way we're cutting him or suspending him or doing him. We need him here. The same way that, 
I don't know. It's it, from all the things we heard in the offseason. The Eagles were in love with Josh Huff, and now he's not here. In a, in a, in a time where you desperately need wide receivers. I, I, I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying it's something to look at moving forward because don't you think something like that would put a rift in the locker room as far as like what they were talking about here, BLG? I think it's, uh, it's a bigger picture thing to me. It always comes back to the bigger right. picture and the fact that you said at one point just now that Doug Peterson didn't hire Jim Swartz. No. And, but when Jim Swartz was doing well, he did. But, um, oh, I'm kidding. But, um, but it's weird. When, when you say that and when you look at it, I think one of the things we said when Doug was hired is like, not really thrilled about Doug, but at least the coaching staff looks good. Mm-hmm. But how much involvement did Doug really have when you look at Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz and there was no connection there whatsoever? Like, Doug even said that. He didn't even know him outside of like a game the Chiefs and the Bills played in like 2014 or something. So, like, how did Doug just suddenly like call him up and get him to come on board a couple yeah. hours later? So, it, like, it raises the question of like, Going back to the head coaching search and what I said earlier in the show just now, like, like who was really running the show? It's Howie Roseman, right? And, maybe. And it comes to the point where, like, why didn't the Eagles get maybe some of their what was perceived to be some of one of their top coaching candidates? Howie Roseman, maybe. People don't want to work with Howie. We've heard that before. And people always point to the Chip Kelly thing being as an example of that being false. But let's think back to, and we're really... D- diving deep now into the past about how conspiracy Chip Kelly didn't get hired the first time he was interviewed you know they interviewed him and then he said no thanks and everyone thought he's going to stay at Oregon and then he comes back all of a sudden well why well funny enough shortly after the Eagles hired Tom Gamble oh and Chip has his own personnel guy and it goes from there and there was strife and there was a power struggle ultimately and how he loses his job and now how he's back here to save everyone and sanctions coming down from the NCAA. Yeah. Oh yeah, as but well. but still, I mean, it's just it's not but clean. Yeah. You look at all these things, and James and I, we are all talking about this. It, it doesn't scream like functional organization. Yeah, dysfunction. That's really the word that comes to mind when you think about it, and it's not something that is new. The, saying the Eagles, at, organizationally speaking are dysfunctional or at least operating at a dysfunctional type of level is not anything new or or groundbreaking to say. I mean, just look at the facts of the situation, yeah. how the chip situation played out. Tom Gamble was freaking escorted out of the building. Tom Gamble, a guy whose father is like Eagles royalty. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it is out. It is insane how that whole situation played out from the one power struggle yeah, to the other, and then, yeah. and then, but but that wasn't just it. Like we were talking on the ride down. I mean, Andy's and the end of the Andy reign. I mean, freaking Juan oh, yep. was the defensive coordinator. Like, what is that? So you know, I I think that we really need to to step back and look at this organization as a whole and say, all right, like, why has there been so much dysfunction? Why? hasn't like i know it's like somewhat cliche or whatever but like (laughs) look at the steelers like look at like organizations like that that have stability that that every single year like yeah there might be a year or two often and not that often but there's just stability there whether it's you know obviously the patriots people always talk about it but organizational stability is i think a very underrated thing in in terms of what we talk about why teams have success 
the Eagles don't have it right now. And the same thing, and you can kind of map it out too. I mean, there are there are dysfunctional organizations that still win, but it's not consistent. You right. know, you just well, look, look, the at Raiders, the look at the Carolina Panthers. The Raiders finally yeah. like well, yeah. turning it around now. They finally have some sort of stability with Reggie McKenzie there for a while, mm-hmm. and and they bring in a guy who actually wants to coach there in Del Rio, and like there's something there. Obviously, you hit on a guy like you know Derek Carr, it makes a difference. Well, of course, but it, well, but, Khalil Mack and all that, but that's sure, organizational but as well. Exactly, and those are the guys who picked him. So it, it really comes back to that fact of like you can't like it's just a question of, of the fact that we don't really know who's in charge of player personnel still we know it's Howie but like Joe Douglas what the hell is that guy here for like I don't know yet you know what I mean nobody that's, knows that's what I mean it's just it's re- like this is not the way it is in Pittsburgh or in in New England or whatever with the franchises that continually or Denver or whatever it is the franchises that continually have success in this league don't have these types of organizational issues over and over and over or how about this the Eagles Ten years ago, yes, exactly. We're it, consistent like this. Exactly. Was, everybody knew their role. Yes. Everybody knew their job. Joe Banner knew what he did. Jeffrey Lurie knew what he and did. Look, Andy knew, and Andy's it good at it, man. Andy's good. Look what he's doing in Kansas City. He's you know revitalized, and he needed to. Uh, there was we needed a change. Like I, I, I'm not a should have kept. Like Andy needed to go. It was the end of the time. Sure, but. He has done a really nice job out there in Kansas City. It's not a mistake. This guy knows what he's doing. Jeff Lurie did a really nice job hiring Andy Reid. Past that, you know, it's it's hard to say, kind of put your finger on what he's really done that you can hang your hat on. Well, I, again, I know I, it's just something I'm not saying it, but I'm saying it. There's been one consistent thing that has been in there every single time yep. when it's when it's been bad. And it's when it's been up and down and it's looked the way it has and it's been disjointed. There's one thing that's consistent with that. Yes, Andy Reid was here for much longer with way more success than Chip Kelly. But the way they ended their tenures are exactly the same. Yep. Crazy, weird moves, things that didn't work because it sounds like and it felt like people were up against the wall fighting for whatever they were fighting for. And I'm just I'm just saying like when you when you go and do these things and now there's all this like I, I'm I'm still on the defense of Doug because I want to see what's happening here and it looks more and more to me like we shouldn't be pointing the finger at Doug he's in a very tough spot of not being able I mean like I, it, it, yeah he's hamstrung coach, in a lot of ways head I'm coaching sure. overall is is very hard and we we obviously know that but to have literally no it, what looks like no say no control in the way you're trying to maneuver things must be even a, a tougher position yeah. to do here. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and it comes, that's ba- it like, comes back man. to it. That's what it comes back to, the organizational structure, the, the everyone knowing their role. Everyone, It's not a question of like, all right, well, Howie wants this power, and Doug wants this power, and yeah. Schwartz wants this power. It's like, no. All right, you know, Bill Belichick's in charge. And then he's going to tell Patricia what to do. He's going to tell McDaniel what to do. He's going right. to tell what – you know what I mean? Like, it, so and, it's And it doesn't weird. always have to be that, that structure. There just has to be some semblance of stability. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm not even saying, like, oh, he should have more control over personnel. I'm saying no, he no, should I be get... able to pick his own defensive coordinator if he wants to. Sure. You know, that's what a normal head coaching thing would coach. come to do. Yes. So you start to think of all those things. You're like, man, this is and, – and it's just like um, – yeah. Well, because so, so also just real quick to yeah. that point, because that leads to a situation where a defensive coordinator, no matter what the power structure is supposed to be, feels like he answers to Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie and not that's his it. head coach. That's right, and that's a and no matter and he probably he does a fantastic job of not displaying that. No, externally. he's yes. I don't know what happens internally. And it's not, he doesn't even like guy. say weird. Like he's not like he doesn't. 
take even hint he, at it. Schwartz, Schwartz takes his bullets when he has to and whatever. It's not a Buddy Ryan Mike Ditkin thing. Exactly. Right? Uh, per, no, John, that's like like a that. perfect example. Exactly. Yes. It's that, uh, it's that a light. So what has happened so far in between this as we're at the Plumstead Villa and because the food is so delicious? Pub. Uh, oh, what did I say? In. Oh, because that is also a good place. Yeah. But this is the Plumstead. This is a lot more pub. fun. The, the Plumstead Villa pub, well, like a million you. times we, more fun. Way more fun because yes. the uh, Plumstead Villa. It feels like you walked into a, a dead person's yes. uh, family. Literally, room. they still wear like those. Like it's not even like tuxedos that the waiters <laughs> wear. Yes. It's like those like um, almost like saloon type thing. It's, it's a really exactly. weird it's, feel. It's, it's not even like cool old school bartender. No, like, exactly. It is, like, That's my point. Like it's not even like cool. You know. So BLG just like instant. It was it was the Im- food came j- and just, just immaculate. How we just like oh, there's food. My food yeah. is here, and he literally didn't say anything. He yeah. just stood up and left. The good thing is, so one, there is a celebrity amongst us. Oh, yeah. tonight yeah. from Circus Survive. Ooh. Brendan Ekstrom is in the building, and he what? is going to be in Philadelphia. Circus. I don't know if they've been sold out. It's about ninety tickets left. I think we might have sold them out with all the tickets we bought. Yes, potentially. <laughs> that's, that's pretty true. So uh, that is going down Jan- uh, January thirteenth. I actually forget the venue because I'm stupid, but uh, they will be playing in Philadelphia. More importantly, over than that, when BLG set up, my eyes lit up. Oh yeah, my heart you were filled immediately with joy. Like you're like pounding my, your my, arm. You're yeah. like, get over, get over, get over. <laughs> my stomach filled with great yeah. joy uh, because Brian Coulter, the man, the myth, the legend, is drove all the way again, powered through. Just like I'm sure it took us through Philly traffic and everything else was going here, made it. Here, what's going on, You're, you're not going to call me a celebrity, too? What, you are. You're a, Twitter, you're, you're a Twitter celebrity. The Ad Silla B. Coulter. That's right. Shout it out and shout it loud. They're at the Fillmore. The best venue in Philly. Oh, my God. So nice. So, yeah. I mean, like, we're going to be down there. I'm sure that last time. Maybe we'll pull the curtain back just a little bit. BLG. And Brian's seen this live, too, because when we send the bat signal out to for all the folks to join us at Adobe, this happens as well. But uh, drank almost, I would say, an entire bottle of Captain Morgan somehow that got there and had a, let's just say, a very, very good time at yeah. the last time they were well, in town. And so just, just for reference sake, a bottle of Captain Morgan for BLG, like, you know, five or six beers for the normal human <laughs> yes, being. Yes, yes. So he's, uh, he's, he's like, you know, two steps away from the Ziggy Saki, oi, oi, oi type of, <laughs> you know, uh, foxing and all this Ziggy stuff. Ziggy Saki, oi, oi, oi. Sorry. <laughs> I had to, I but Brian, getting back to just, you know, I don't know. We've had a lot of organizational thoughts. There's probably a lot of this stuff that we might be overthinking. But we can't uh, help. You think? But we can't help but think it at the same time. So I don't. I don't know how you're going. Right going now. back to what I said, probably maybe a month, maybe six weeks ago. We're fans. This is what we do. <laughs> yeah. Overreaction to good things. Overreaction to bad things. That's normal. It's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's. But, but, but most of all, are you looking at this thing and going like? I, I don't know. Where are you? I mean, there's. A, I, I def- obviously defended Doug and just said, like, you, you know, everybody you think, chill out for a little I bit. I think yeah. that two-minute rant from uh, <laughs> the last VGN radio is, is going to go into some kind of Hall of Fame. I don't know if it's yeah. a good or a bad one, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, maybe, uh, the, maybe the Hall of, hall of uh, Shame sound yeah, or something well, like that. Well, you know that. what? It was awesome. I wish I, had, was I wish I had filmed it. It was. <laughs> there was a lot of great pub I saw on Twitter yeah. from it. So here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. And I will film it someday. I apologize to everybody. But John at, at a certain point during these rants, like it really does look like his eyes are rolling back in his head. <laughs> and he's like got this real possessed kind of look. It's really Yeah. It is something to it be happened. Because it's because it's 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 pure emotion. Like it's not fake. It's not whatever. Like he just goes to this place and it really is something to behold. Yeah. Yeah it next, was th- next time we got a periscope that or <laughs> 
something. We something. should just, you know what? I apologize. It's on me. I apologize. Well, we You're should, doing it. We should, I need to actually periscope it or something. Facebook live it. We should Facebook live it. Periscope it and just do it all, all together. So all the uh, all It's the really, it's something to see. And I apologize to everybody. I should come in the studio, too. I know. It's like he's really the fourth member of the band here. What are we doing? You're announcing this on it on on a live show, and I'm just perplexed, and I'm flabbergasted, and I <laughs> can't thank you guys enough. That's that's really cool. Thank of you. Of course, man. But let's straighten me out here, or don't straighten me all out. Right. Either way, I mean, like, how are what is what's your all just uh, t- uh, situation takeaway from you know the, the, Peterson the press conferences? It could change my mind slightly, but I'm still no, kind of wait and see mode here. I think everybody's mindset it's a little bit skewed because. A lot of people still believe that Carson Wentz is the key to everything. So if you're a believer, then yeah, you're not really going to worry about what Doug Peterson says in a press conference all that much. You're not going to worry about what uh, Carson Wentz says in response to what Doug Peterson says in a press conference. You're yeah, not gonna, a, there was a lot of that, by the way. There, there, there was were, a lot of people trying to make a, make, make a, a, a big thing out of nothing. Not out of a molehill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The well, sixty pass thing, like back and forth. I don't think oh it was mechanics. Mecha- like, calm down. We're, we're trying well, to. Yeah. Le- oh, talking, we're yeah, breaking down. I don't know. I, like, <laughs> calm here's down. A, here's the thing. I, I did. I, I get it. I can totally see how that could be conceived or perceived. I should say as a shot at the coach. But I agree. I don't think that Wentz would ever, ever, ever. If he did want, no. he would never take a shot at coach. Much less be dumb enough to let something slip out. So I, I don't think it was. But I can. Totally see it. Might be a shot at the defensive coordinator. It's it, uh, look. <laughs> let's put it this way: it's a, it's a, it's it's a veiled shot at someone. It's yeah, just a question of you know. I would prefer veiled shots or even direct shots at Zach Ertz. <laughs> oh yeah, you uh, hold on. Let's oh, yeah. cue this up here. So you had said this that is you like something little, worth kind of teasing here. A little different right. take. Yeah, a little on, a so. little bit of a different take. Okay. I apologize if this goes on maybe a minute too long. So we are, it, it's already gone. Yeah, no. yeah it's already. <laughs> we live in a – we're experiencing a paradigm shift in how we look at sports in general where fans nowadays are concerned about player safety and they're concerned about what it's going to be like for them down the road, but they also want to experience the highs right now. They want to see their players go out there and perform to the best of their ability. And when it comes to somebody like Zach Ertz not giving full effort, I hesitate when it comes to something like that, when it comes to a block, because mis- misconceptions can form from that. And one of the biggest ones is that he's not tough. I think, personally, Zach Ertz is tough, kind of. <laughs> Let me explain. Okay. He's tough, kind of. He plays with injuries. He catches passes over the middle. I can't. What, what else do you, can you want from a guy who's position of being a tight end? That's what you want to see from someone. You want to see someone who's tough enough to you know, play through pain and who's also brave enough to go over the middle. But kind <laughs> of. Yeah. I think that's where we're all yeah, at, too. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a kind of thing because at the end of the day, if he catches a pass, it doesn't matter if it's a 250-pound linebacker or a 180-pound cornerback, he's going to go down. And it doesn't matter if, if it's up. He might not even get hit. He yeah. might just go down. Yeah. Time and time again, he you might see cornerbacks. Just see, uh, the, the fear the of that. that he's yeah. there. You see cornerbacks, they just go right for one or both of the legs because they know he's going to go down pretty, pretty quick. And also, we've been saying now for four years that 
Zach Ertz needs to be a better blocker. Zach Ertz needs to be a better blocker. Yeah, I think and we it might has to give up on that one. Exactly. So, I again, I hesitate to call somebody like Zach Ertz soft. He's not soft. I'll never he's, do that. He's just, in this town, you can't give 70% toughness. You can't give that's, passing that's grades of See, toughness. And that's why I would go with, instead of calling him kind of tough, I'd call him kind of soft. You that's, know what I mean? Because I do think that he is kind of soft, I, man. I, like, I, I understand, look, he's in the NFL, and he takes hits, and he's, exactly. a, you know, like, no question. But at the same time, like, comparatively, he is kind of soft. And then when you look at the dude who's a million years old and still freaking going out with, like, broken ribs and this, and that, whatever it is. Like, Selleck, Brent, yeah. you got Brent Selleck saying there, and it's like, that's the model of toughness. And I understand not everyone is Brent Selleck. Most people are not Brent Selleck. That dude is a warrior. But, you know, you can't, like, be as soft as Ertz is. Like, I, I understand, look, and, and I and well, I think, hold on, real yeah, quick. Go, go I think it is fair to criticize him for that, that play, the play that we're all talking about. Yes. Because you should want to blow Vontez perfect up. Like, that's why you play this game in theory, right? Like, that was a perfect opportunity to just light an a-hole up. Light him up. You know? Because he doesn't to everybody else. Right. I do agree, though, that I do think that, like, there was no point. Like, in terms of, like, football-wise, like, I don't think... I think yeah. Wentz was clearly going out of bounds. Perfect was far too far away. Like, he that's still, not the he point, still should have lit him up. You know what I mean? And that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. It, it was Olay. He olayed him. No matter what the situation was, he olayed him. And it's not so much that, you know, maybe Wentz was, real, Wentz was close to being out of bounds and maybe Perfect was too far away to lay a hand on him. Perfect has that reputation of yeah, being Yeah, I had a, that thought while yeah, I was saying it. Yeah, Good point. Has a reputation of being a dirty player, and it's a reputation that's well-deserved. And in that situation, there's your franchise running by you, run, running to get the first round, and there's a guy who you know it's a g- really good ha- point, Brian. has a Brian. reputation of tuning guys up out of bounds or even inbounds. It doesn't matter. It's like, what don't that. take the risk. Yeah, and – Exactly. Like, forget it. Yeah, you don't know. You're right. Like, Vont- we've seen, we saw Vontez Perfect almost kill Antonio. Like, that was yeah, one of the dirtiest, most awful hits I've ever seen in my life. Like, it was so. I was like sick to my stomach watching it. You're right, Brian. Like, why? Like, uh, you should have hit him just because you should hit him. If, but like, just the risk is is if, too great. For if nothing else, you got to be like, got to be like. Uh, uh, Joel Embiid, you know you gotta, you know, you gotta everyone plant, needs you to gotta, be you plant your feet. You gotta plant your feet, and you gotta take that charge. Yeah, if nothing else, you know what's crazy too? Because last night we all were watching the Sixers game, and Joel Embiid was wasn't playing great, right? Wasn't playing offensively, wasn't playing yeah. great, but defensively, like his worst game yet. Really, yeah, defensively he was there, and you know what he did when he got pulled out late in the fourth quarter, full well knowing that he awesome. didn't do his job. He fucking railed his own head yep. multiple times, being frustrated, being like, I got to do better than that. And and it's the first time that we've seen an athlete in any sport around here to go, man, yeah, man, he cares. We're used to the opposite. Yeah. We're, you know, it's so like, it's like an, an overshock to see that. And when I saw that, yeah. I, and, I, and I thought of this Eagles team, I'm just like, Who man, on this team's doing that? Doing yeah. That? And secondly, going back to Brent Selleck, Ertz was supposed to replace him years ago. Well, yes, and he has not done that. Yes, yet. years ago. Yes, and you're t- and you're saying you paid him that amount of money, 
and you still had to pay Brent Selleck to be here because he was that valuable. And imagine the team you would have right now if Brent Selleck was not here. It's it's insane. To oh, me. You, yeah. Like how much more trouble? And, and, that, would and that's, it be? Not, that's not even mentioning Trey Burton, who's become like kind of a more reliable, imp- you know, and it it, is. It, it, is. it's like, yeah, <laughs> then Zach Ertz, like, what the hell is that? Like, especially, like, if it's like, if it's like a third and six, and I need, like, a, a conversion in the middle of traffic, like, like, fine, you know, if it's a, you know, I know Ertz is a better weapon, but if I need a dude to make a catch in traffic and get me a first down, I'd rather have it thrown to Trey so I? How, but how effed up is that? Like, that's, that. We've been saying that for a long time, too, and it's just like, now and, it's. But we talked about the. The organization. I mean, like it, Howie has gotten a lot of credit for the offseason. And look, we've said it a million times. Carson Wentz, assuming you know he he works out, which we all think he will. Like it's no matter what, it's a home run. But it's looking bad, man. Yeah. Well, that, everything Vinny around Curry, that is just like Zach Ertz, ooh, boy. Lane Johnson, and, and who looks like a great player. But the other issues. I mean, it's like miss, miss the contracts. Miss. Yeah, it's yeah. Bad. These contracts that have been handed out in the offseason. You know, you look upon them as. Uh, as Joe Banner would say, they're team-friendly contracts, and you don't know why the player's signing them. Well, yeah, yeah <laughs> I got a guy like Benny Curry's like, cashing that check every couple weeks, and it's like, holy <laughs> what? I want because at the time it was true, and you're like, okay, and the cap's going to go up, so that's probably not going to look as bad based on the amount of production that they're going to have. They can't even get to there, and I'm sh- I'm sure their agents. And if you're if, if Zach Hart's agent is listening, just tweet us at Brandon Gouton. <laughs> but the agents probably look at that and go, "You better sign that right now, dude. You're not yo, going to get that on the open it. market. This is top five right money. Now. Are you yeah, kidding me? Like, right dude, now, Travis Kelsey's about to make more than you tomorrow. Yeah, and yeah. And, and and earn it. Yeah. So sign this. Sign this right immediately. Now. Right I pay now. Travis Kelsey that money. Oh, yes. and we have the wrong Kelsey. We always get the wrong brother. <laughs> well, that's not fair. To, that's not fair to Jason. He's please. I mean, like uh, Jason uh, fine, was good. But you don't tell yeah, me you'd it, rather have Jason than Travis. That's outrageous. That's my point. I'm just saying we always get the wrong brother. Player, yeah. No, I didn't mean to to bash on Jason. It was just a, a, a offhand comment on the fact that it's <laughs> so disappointing that we always get the wrong brother. Are you going to call Jason Kelsey soft too? Is that it? No, Never. Jason <laughs> Kelsey's a warrior. Dude, he's Jason, ju- he's just. But that's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. I like Jason. Even even that. That even, mentality, even yeah. when he's not there, he's he's playing on yes. no legs, dude. And, and, and like, but like, like, uh, yes, like entire body destroyed and going out. And even when he's struggling, it, it like, yes, it goes back warrior. to a, a point that uh, John just made about how you know, with uh, Embiid and the emotion that he shows. A guy like Kelsey, you know that that's beating him up inside. It's, and the you problem can see that, it. Yeah, you can see it on, on the sideline probably as well if you're at the game or if you have those uh, feeds online. You could probably see Jason Kelsey, probably the most frustrated person out of anybody about the fact that the snaps haven't been as great and his blocking hasn't been as great. And You know, that's what you want to see, and it goes back to your point. Yeah, and sometimes, like, you know, in a, in a, I feel bad for Jason because it's just he's really up against it. I mean, it's it's not really his scheme. It's not, it's yeah, not, he's, he's too little. It's like it's, it's like unfortunate you know him. what one of the one of the few very uh, very cogent poignant things that Chip said was big people beat up little people because they do, and Jason Kelsey comparative to the people he is going up against, he's a little guy. Yeah, you know, and yeah it's, The it's big dudes are going to beat him up. You know. Yeah, and and so you kind of start to think of all this other big picture stuff and just kind of what's gone in through here and. You know, it, it's worrisome. I, I think you have a right to be worried, even though it, it's crazy because we, I mean, we really shouldn't at the end of the day. That's what that's what's kind of killing me here. It's just like that press conference made me start worrying about 
bigger bigger picture things than it did about me Doug, too. I guess. That's that's where well, I was just it, like, it was both for me. Here? It made me worry about Doug and it more so made me worry about the big picture. I mean, look, just let let's take out everything else. Okay, everything all the everything we've talked about and just look at it from a basic like you are a multi-billion dollar corporation, whatever you want to look at it. How are you organizationally so effed up that you can't have your coach go out and say, like, have a plan about what he's going to say and be like, all right, Doug, yeah. no matter what, don't say anyone quit. No matter yeah, what. Yeah, no matter Whatever what. else happens, don't say that they quit on you. Like, everything else, like, just get around it. Like, I just don't understand. Like, are people coaching him? Are people getting this guy? Like, he's clearly got an issue with this. Like, why is there not more attention paid to this? Like, it, yeah, it's crazy it is me. the face of an organization. Like, the owner doesn't have to talk. The GM doesn't have to talk. The head coach has to stand up in front of the media and, and take the bullets and answer the questions. And even if he's as boring as it possibly gets, like Andy Reid, don't freaking F everything up by saying something stupid. It's so easy. And, it, and that to me, points to just a general dysfunction. Yeah, I would rather be mad as a fan base if he just gave one-sentence answers. Yes. I would just do that. Just be like, yes. we, didn't, we just didn't come out and play hard enough, yes. and that's the bottom We're line. We're on to Washington. I would have taken that all day. I would have respected him yeah, for Yeah, because he'd be like, wow, he looks pissed off. Yes. Right. And he's it's like, not at the like meeting. They, it's he's like, my guy sucked, yeah. and I know it, and you know what? I'm not even – I'm just going to – Belichick you and get the f out of here and I and yeah. I know he hasn't earned it. You have to be Belichick to do that, but like yeah, fuck that. Dude, I'm whatever, just anything. You can do whatever you yeah, want. I agree, especially if you're going to go out and, and make yourself look like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. instead, exactly. We're, and and that's the that's where it gets to the point of just like you know, it's I, I, I don't know. We, it, it's it, I, I don't think I still don't think we should be putting a bunch of stock into press conferences. I don't think we should no. be putting a ton in what he's saying. And, like, we're trying to dissect all those words and be like, well, you said this, but you really meant this. Like, we, we, are, no, we are Philadelphia fans. We are very smart. We are very savvy as far as what's going on here. We know, we know that. Not they, you, Brian. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> we know that there is the, the actions speak louder than the words, and we know that co head coaches lie all the time. So I don't know why we're always trying to, like, poke and prod and, like, take these things and take these. It, it's all just to fit a lot of either, especially a lot of guys that are writing stories, and I won't mention names, but, uh, uh, you know, that are really trying to fit it into whatever column that they want to. It's why they ask certain questions that they of do. Of course. And I that, understand. It's like you hear a question about, like, a, a, you're absolutely right, John. Like, like, it's a, a press conference about? about all kinds of themes of the team. It's like, hey, Michael Kendricks played six snaps. How do you feel? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. like, it's like it's so clear, yeah. like, what you're doing there. Like, and you, come on. And you hear guys in the press box all the time saying stuff like, I'm going to do this certain thing. Why don't you take this certain thing? That's where all the questions come from to fit into whatever they're they're writing, and then things blow up. Which and is you, fine; it's their jobs. And, and yeah, stuff. and That's I'm not totally blaming fine. them for it. It's yeah. it's just like you got to understand where a lot of that stuff comes from too. Us as fans just want answers. You know, so that's that's where the difference is. They don't speak for a lot of a lot of different people and yep. a lot of different questions that are there. A lot of people asking, why don't you ask these things? It's because it doesn't fit their storyline and what they want to write most of the right. time. Yep. So uh, and and the other time is they're just reacting to what the guy's saying. So there's there's that too, which is I think where we're at here, and that's why it's. It, I, I'm just amazed how far we've we've come from from giving. <laughs> I, I know I mentioned it on the reaction pod, but like th throughout the off season, how much better this was going to be. How much, like, you know, there's a football guy here and, and this. And, and towards the bigger picture stuff, that's why it's kind of come. It's, it was the one thing I was worried about the organization or why it was here is because it's going to swing the pendulum so far to the other way. The emotional intelligence, a real good players coach, 
but now it's way too far that direction. And again, it looks like players are running the show, and they don't. You know, that's what I'm saying. And, and Doug's kind of taking a back seat to all this, which is which is scary. But looking ahead to Washington, I guess that's why. And I, and John Marks, who was on with us, I still feel the same way he does. I still reserve the right to change my opinion towards mm-hmm. that. If they come out versus Washington and it's dead, like it's 45-3, to three, like that type of feel, I think you got to let them go. That's when I think you got to be like, all right, uh, I think I'm. I think I'm out at that point. I don't know. If, I don't know if you feel the uh, same way. It's tough because you're basically admitting to not just your organization, but you're admitting to the fan base that you're the NFC version of the Cleveland Browns. Going, well, sometimes you got to admit it. Well, that's a tough pill <laughs> totally. to swallow you for know? a lot of people. No, yep. and especially you know? a lot of people in this town. Because yeah, we suck, but we know that we suck. We don't need to be told that we suck. Big difference. Well, it's true too. Yeah, yeah. but look, if if you it, it, absolutely if they get if they get blown their doors off the last four games, you got to fire the guy. Like I'm yeah. sorry, like you don't There's, give it. Yeah. Carson Wentz is far too important to this fan base's future, to this team's future, all of that to waste any time with a coach who you know is not the guy. Now, look again, I'm, I'm with you. Like I. I lean towards Doug Peterson not being the guy like if I had to bet my life like right, I said right. but I again I'm not willing to fire him right now or anything like that but if you know if they get blown out the last four games and it's just a, a, a shit show or whatever like and you know he's not the guy then you fire him it doesn't matter what what how the optics are any of that you do what's best for this organization what's best for this fan base what's best for this team moving forward you can't just do it just because of how it looks or how you might be perceived that's outrageous well here's what i want to it's, prepare. it's, it's but, like but, a, a lack of fiduciary responsibility oh, like yeah. whoa, the real whoa, fiduciary I mean, there's no law involved <laughs> wow. but the idea, I, I, that well, I believe right. that 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 ownership of a team has a fiduciary responsibility to their fan base the fan base lives and dies, hopes and dreams, all this with that team. You have an obligation when you buy a team to that fan base to do the best that you can to build a winner, to do what you can for that fan base. I, I'm sorry. I know okay, it's a business. Uh, wow. It's true, though. <laughs> you hate it's the Sixers true, now. No, I'm, I'm a process guy. That was the best thing for the team long term. Yeah, that right. was the you're best right. chance to win. Uh, that was yeah. the reason to be on board with it. I don't yeah. care about the uh, money, this, whatever. It's that you have to tank to get great in the NBA. It, it is what it is. Yeah. I totally support that. The point is, whatever whatever process you go about, yeah, look at that you know, however you go about doing it, I believe that as an owner, yes, of course, it's a business, but at the same time, you want, you have a fan base. You have a responsibility to at least attempt to try and build them a winner. Or if, in the Sixers' case, be straight up with the fans. Yes. Well, that's a that's different issue. Yeah, let yes. them know what's yes. going yeah. on. Yeah. Yes. And like that, everybody in Cleveland knows what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, Cleveland fans are, you know, they're not happy about it. But that, they they're know, taking it, but yeah, they know. Yeah, but yeah. they know what the situation is. And as that's all the fans want. The fans want to be told what's going on in a way that they can, we can all understand and comprehend and not feel like we're being uh, lied to directly. And on that, I, I will say two things. One, I thought it was a good idea that the Eagles go, okay, there are people complaining that you don't get to talk to Jim Schwartz until uh, Thursday. Yeah. Then Love that. You're going to talk to him today. Exactly. I, so, yeah, oddly enough, I didn't pay attention to what they said today, and that's on me. I didn't hear any of it, but yes. Second agreed. thing I want to warn everybody about, too, and this is why I still hesitate, even even though I just said that, 
I still hesitate to fire Doug Peterson because that means, ready? Here's your new head coach. I already know what it is going to be. Drum roll. Jim Shorts is going to be your next head coach. Not a chance. 100%. Not a chance. I don't chance. think so. I think I that here's one. the thing. It, I no think one, if they listen, fire. One second. No one's going to take that job. And if you and if you're and if you're gonna, here's why. You're telling you me John invested, Gruden is you invested. Take that job? Well, he's definitely players not. picks money into but that defense. You got Wentz though. Here's the thing that I that sure. I think that look when you look at head coach openings, like if you have a, a franchise quarterback, and look, I know mechanical issues all that stuff. Like you look at enough of what NFL executives, NFL GMs, at least in those circles, those people believe Wentz is the real deal. You can get someone to come here to coach that kid. Are they going to? Co- you can. Are they going to allow Jim Schwartz to keep coaching the defense? Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> they, I, hey, that's I don't a big, care. That's a big thing because well, I don't. I don't think they're firing him. If it's him, the right head coach, I, I think they would for the right head coach. I think if, if I, look, I don't think they're firing Doug Peterson unless it really all goes to, to hell. It has but to in, in order for that I to happen. I don't think they're yeah, firing yeah. him, so I think this is somewhat a moot point. But if they fire Doug Peterson, I think they're saying. Fuck all y'all. We're doing what we're going to do, and it, we're going to get the best guy, and, and he can do whatever the hell he wants, is my guess. I don't think Howie would get fired, but I think at least from a coaching perspective, they will bring someone in and say, build your staff, do whatever the hell you want to do. Man. My guess. Hello, head coach Gus Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> Doug yeah. Marone, welcome to the Philadelphia Eagles. Doug Marone's going to be the Jags coach when they fire uh, Gus yeah, Bradley. Probably. But that's, you know, you just You know kinda... what, though? Doug, I would take Doug Marone over Doug Pearson a, a million times out of a million. <laughs> Not even close. I, okay, well, I got to mark this down. Doug, Forty-two Doug minutes. Doug Marone was an uh, like a, not a good. Yeah. He was an okay cut him coach. Off, please, I'm just no. I'm saying like I want. Come wanna, on, what I'm you've seen, Doug that, Peterson. Gonna, this is going to be a, a like I said a over fave Doug on Peterson. Twitter. That's yes. like saying nothing. No. It's like saying oh, over. You know, I'm just saying like just in case Doug Peterson like becomes great. Well, this is like a fave be. on the that's podcast. That's a different story. Cut this out. Just leave it in there. It's like you just spoke. I said the other Doug. What are you talking about? I mean, Doug Marone like like was never an awful coach. Like he did an okay job in Buffalo with. Not he much to work with. Really like, wanted Ryan Nassib. Yeah, fired right. at nine and seven. I mean, it's not like he was like a a bad coach. Like I'm just saying, like whatever. I'm not saying I want Doug Marone here. I'm just saying, like I know, I know. Right, I'm just right. saying, like it's there's... not like he's like a, a disaster. <laughs> know, but, but imagine that. I'm like, trying to say Doug Peterson has been a disaster at this point. Sure, but me. imagine going from Peterson to Marone. No, I would never. I'm just saying. You're, I'm saying comparatively. No, no and one's I'm, ever going to be happy. That's my I'm point. Saying. I would never. No, no, and that and that's the point. Is I think if they fire Doug Peterson. And I don't think it's Gruden, but I'm saying they're bringing in someone like Gruden. Like, they're firing Doug <laughs> oh, Peterson. No. But you know what I mean? Like, they're firing Doug Peterson to bring in someone legit. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying. Like, it, like you don't think they're going to fire Doug Peterson and then hire, like, you know, uh, uh, offensive coordinator X, like Anthony Lynn or something. You know what I mean? To speaking of the Bills. <laughs> Mate, I mean, uh, Jim I, Bob Cooter. They should, welcome. Maybe they should, uh, they should re-interview uh, Brian Billick in that spot. huh? <laughs> God, they did that. I forgot about that. Oh, I just don't want to think about Tom it. Tom Coughlin's still available. I, I, I think right. I would rather hold on to Doug Peterson than yeah. go through another coaching search like that. Yeah, that's. I, I too. guess that's where I'm kind of at. I'm just like, you know what? I, as even if it's bad, even if they get, let's. I'm going to completely revert my opinion after thinking about this. If even if they get blown out like ninety to nothing for the next four games, probably going to renege on that too. Yeah. But still, like uh, I. I We've got I you would back. Rather, yeah, we got you back to where we're keeping dogs no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm. I'm think I'm. I think I'm still with stand Doug. To it, it was like it's like oh, Doug if stand. they get blown out by the next four games, to realizing what the choices are. Yeah, it's like, yeah no, like, no, you know no, no, no. I would rather not go through that 
than uh, the, than just kind we of. We can stick get it Matt Rule from from Baylor. I've heard. <laughs> yeah, that's a loose. A loose How about deal. that, man? I mean, that's it, great. It was everybody's that's very great. sad today, which they should I'm be. I'm happy for too, him, but I'm devastated. I I'm happy. I'm happy that he's going to try to fix another program that has fallen on. Uh, bad times. Self, very bad. Self-inflicted times. hard times. Jesus, that that. And I, mean, I, uh, I can't wait for uh, my pick for next Temple head coach that I put on Twitter. What do you uh, got? A uh, guy with great it's college. Not funny. Ex- it's not funny. It's, it's hilarious. It's not funny at all. See, a little not bit cool. of a little bit of a sidebar. Not cool. I made this. I, I made this <laughs> prediction on Twitter a little bit in jest. And I turn on my uh, volume yeah. on my radio after I got finished at, at this one auto shop that I, yeah. I was at, and there's James Seltzer being asked about this same guy. Oh, so I'm thinking he read my tweets and maybe passed along a message Ooh. to the camera to be asked about Let's it. See yeah. But anyway, super happy to be asked. About it. <laughs> anyway, I think you know with Temple, you a guy with great college experience. I think that's a plus. A guy who's had success at the college level. I think I know where you're going. I think we I all, think, the entire I world, a guy knows with, who, who has been in the NFL. <laughs> Just say it already. And also a guy who knows Philadelphia well. Who's who, yeah, he's a, who he's was, a who Philly guy. For, we love him here. He was here for a few years, and I think that next Temple head coach, obviously, he's just Philadelphia. Fights. You know, you yep, know what? Got you it. Know what? You know what? I, and that's what I, 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 said. I am one thousand percent. That's what I said on the air. That's well. That's give me Chip Kelly and Temple. That's what I said. The camera comes to me, and I'm like. I'm Let's like, dude, it. I hate you for making me answer this because I hate Chip Kelly. But at the same time, like, it makes a, sense. If, if you're Temple, Yo, how would you not take Chip Kelly? It's a I'd great hire. It is everybody. Second. That guy built Oregon. Like, it's a great. Everybody hire. says Chip it's a Kelly great hire. should go back to college because he's a great college coach. Bring him to Philly. He's sick to my stomach. Coach. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I think that would be amazing. The more and more, it's well, not he will be available probably at the end of this year. Uh, I, I, I think would they gave Yeah, I think they do too. I think the gamble thing comes over. I mean, we're talking about like getting rid of one team. Okay, they would have back to back one year coaches. Like, when was last time? Like, I mean, come on. It's been a long time. Since You're just going to fire Tom Sewell after year and then fire Kelly after year. He's going to go one in fifteen and not have the first pick. How <laughs> his fault. You can't play well, that's <laughs> not the worst team. That's why I think they should play the toilet bowl. I've yeah, always said seriously, that. That'd it's be a awesome. great idea. Toilet bowl to fight for the first Instead round. Instead of pick. the that Pro Bowl. I know. I've said it for years. Let's it's do great, that. I yeah. know. Yes. I know. Five weeks or four weeks to prepare or whatever. It's a great <laughs> idea. For each other. I think that would be a probably better yeah, than the Who Sun would bowl. watch that? You know what I mean? Man, like James it. has come up with the two best <laughs> NFL ideas ever. One is having the wild card round. A play-in game in London. I love that one. Needs to happen over actually. Hell of an idea. Yeah, yeah. the gates, okay, the gates a, to the playoffs. That's so like the first the, time I heard that as BLG just <laughs> BLG comes wandering in with a drink. At bunge- yeah, you should come on the air, BLG. We haven't spoken to you in a while. BLG has consumed so much food in the last half hour. It's I'm surprised literally, he's standing. So basically every time every, BLG goes in. Every time. Uh, Brian Coulter, thank oh. you so much as always, brother. Always a pleasure. This has been uh, been fantastic uh, through yeah. here. Uh, but uh, let, me, let me hand it over to the professionals now. <laughs> Well, semi-professionals. Well, depending on how you look at it, really, it's uh, it's multiple it's, professionals. Multiple are different. Professionals yeah, are John, I think you it. and I are the only non-professionals here at this yeah, point. No, really, no, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. As uh, I, you know, we we promised that this man would be joining us. You teased it, and uh, he's been enjoying some food and uh, hanging out, drinks. He's got a tour planned. He's got everything that's going on through here. Again, January thirteenth. Are they? So- is it sold out already at the uh, Fillmore? I have no 
idea. I don't pay attention to anything that we're doing in the future. <laughs> you live in the you now. You just live in the now, which is, which is great. I've been doing this too long, and if you start looking at that, you're like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be home. <laughs> so oh, oh is, gets, that, is that the mentality? It gets overwhelming, so I just don't pay attention to it. Well, uh, from Circus Survive himself, Mr. Brendan Ekstrom, who has been a uh, huge fan of the show for a long time, so we're so happy that he's, yeah, uh, he's coming on awesome board here. for me. Um, wow! How about starving. that? <laughs> this is the first <laughs> time anyone met. Yeah, hey. a, that's James right over there. So. It's the first time anyone has ever said that ever. <laughs> and then, so. I'm only sort of lying. <laughs> <laughs> You're too kind. Uh, so let me let, quickly let's get your uh, your Eagles thoughts here. I mean, like, just how are you? You don't have to if you don't want to. I know it's painful. We can talk about anything, but uh, it's, you know. so, it's such a heavy time to be an Eagles fan. You know. We just went through so much of this. I was like, "What are you guys even talking about on the show now?" Because you can't, you can't just, you can't just dwell in the doom and gloom of everything. But it, that's where we are. Yep. It feels like such doom and gloom. So I really don't know. I w- up until <laughs> up until this game, I was just feeling good that we had some pieces to be happy about. Was happy with like Wentz overall being able to perform under pressure when he didn't have a lot working in his favor. And now I just want to go lay in a ditch somewhere. It's <laughs> a great point though, right? Yeah, like it kind of yeah. like I know we off to the Green Bay game, you know, Seattle we're like, oh, it's, you know, you're going to lose Seattle. It's fine. Yep. Green Bay game we're like, that was ugly, but Aaron Rodgers looked amazing, but it was ugly. It was bad. The Cincinnati game, it's like, oh shit, this is really bad. Like it was, bad. Like, yeah, it, really it was bad. really a, a wake up call. But I, I feel like up until this point that there was they they were in every game and it didn't always look like it but yeah. there was always that potential when it came to the fourth quarter that even if they were down two scores things could have turned around at the very end yeah uh, they lost some close ones they won some close ones but you know we were feeling like they were a competitive team and now yeah wild card worthy still we were we were talking right. about that up until yeah to <laughs> this week yeah. really. but when a game happens that, that is that bad across the board you just go home scratching your head and almost say, like, I can't, as a fan, overthink it. I have to go live my life and <laughs> yeah, try to do stuff. It's like, I just got to move that, forward. Like, I can't analyze that game because it's every aspect that would need yes. analyzed. Yep. So yeah, yeah. this week, I hope it's different. Well, and for the, you That's just, where I'm at. Yeah, and just like you said, too, it's not just like, oh, man, Doug Peterson might suck as a football coach. Yeah. He kind of just pulled the string on Everything. It made you question Carson Wentz. Yeah. Made you question the, the process. It made you question everything. The ownership, everything. It made you come out of it saying like, holy shit, we're made, in real yeah, trouble. It made you come out of it saying like, what pieces do we have for the future? Yeah. Instead yeah. of looking at the positives for the future. It was really, and it was alarming. I, I turned the radio on, you know, the next day. And I was just like, I'm going to turn the radio off now. <laughs> yeah, it's, because it's hard. That, because it's then hard. that's what everybody's questioning the coach, everybody's questioning yep. this and this. And I was like, holy shit, I was just thinking that they sucked. And I wasn't, <laughs> that's I wasn't great. trying that's to get this deep into it, right? But. That's hard not to, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll try and we'll, we'll steer you away from uh, the depressingness of the, of the Eagles. But, I mean, tell us what's just been going on with Circa, man. I mean, you guys have been, uh, you know. Not uh, not too long ago, the new album comes out, and you guys do a little mini tour off of that, and then where uh, what's uh, what's the, what's the plan uh, in the future? You guys going back into the studio anytime soon? We're there right now. Beautiful. We've been in Conshohocken, just outside of Philly, and uh, been there for about a month, and I think we have maybe three weeks left. Uh, 
I'm always borderline committable when we're trying to write and, and <laughs> it's, record it's a, a record. It's a fucking tough process. It's, yeah. like, it's like six guys in a room trying to compromise on every finite detail. So it's wild. But uh, I, I got through that shit, and I couldn't be more excited. That's like, awesome. I'm man. really stoked about it. We're going to do two U.S. tours next year. Wow. And what I think we're going to be at the Fillmore, yes. in yep. January which, is, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, we're, and we're going to be there, so it's going to be awesome. It's a great venue. Yeah. It's a great venue. It's an awesome venue. Yeah, absolutely. I saw at the drive-in there. Oh, did you? Cool. Oh, yeah. That show. That's yeah. a that's a great yeah. That's it's a good. fucking great band to see live. And cool. yeah, that, see, whole, was, that that whole process is always just infuriating. Especially, yeah. I mean, like I was only did it with four guys, so I can't imagine like there's an extra six on there where you're just like, I think the intro should sound like this. That's too high. The bass is too low. I need yeah. more kick sound. Like, it's, it's, it's going through much. all in there. You're just like, oh my god, guys, you fine. You've, you've, there are some days where you go in there, and you're like, you figure it out. Yeah, I'll that's come back what, here. That's what I'm saying, and it's relevant to what I was saying about the like the team and all that stuff too, where <laughs> like. I just was getting neurotic about way too much stuff recently, and then I was like, "Dude, you need to just go sit on a chair." <laughs> like, people yeah, don't yeah. sit on chairs enough anymore and just chill the fuck out. <laughs> I wish Doug Peterson would sit on a chair and chill the fuck out. Potentially yeah, Sunday would, at one I o'clock. Mean, listen, I don't want to get into all of that stuff, but man, I would love it if we never have to see him do an interview again. Yes, yes that would be. Just don't talk to the media. How great just, would that yeah. be? Just shut it down it for the It feels like you know? every issue that he has outside of some, you know, questionable, not, not even play calls, really mostly just questionable in-game decisions, have been things he said to the media and the, the mm. shitstorm it's The media up. tears them apart, for they, sure. they really do. And yeah, not, yeah. It's like and, the and media's fault. It's just we're, shitty we're at right it. In there hey. too. I mean, and it's like, not the media's we do. fault. We do. We fucking rip into it's it. It's not the media's fault. It's that he's bad at it. All yeah. right? I'm yeah. sorry. That's like, what I'm saying. He's just bad at it. Like, for he's whatever like unqualified else, at yes, it. Yes. For whatever else Chip's issues were, Chip was pretty good at handling the media. You know what I mean? Like, just handle the freaking media. Was that today that he went on? on the radio like they had him on the radio today and he said like the first thing that he said was not a word like he stumbled oh yeah it was brutal man and I was just like here we go well he pauses yeah. so much like they'll ask him question he's like and then I'll go he'll pause and I'll go and then I'll go well yes. I mean well if you look at it yeah I mean, really? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, dude, like someone coach him. There's, you know, like there's. That's what, I, that, that that's what James point. was saying. It's like, like how someone do you coach not, him up. How is there not some sort of organizational, like, you know, push to get this guy to not suck at doing well, this? Well, I think it's the, a huge part of the job. The terrifying thing about watching him do that is thinking about him trying to command a team, right? And speak to them in the locker room yes, under yes. duress. Like it makes you question. And I've it. seen a clips of him doing that where you're just like this is not inspiring yeah. <laughs> and I, I almost feel bad for him yeah. b- because that's just not who it's he not is. something he's good yeah. at he sure. shouldn't be in that position yeah and that's right. what and I almost I don't know if there's any silver lining but you know like Andy was bad at press conferences and, but at least Andy had <laughs> control like it wasn't yeah. like yeah, Andy and was bad tell. because he kept because yeah. he kept Fucked up, like, and he was bad because he just wasn't going to tell you anything. He like, knew what he was saying. He yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was actually not calculated. We just hated yeah, him. Right. And he was calculated. It was calculated, boring, but right. it was calculated. With exactly. Doug, it's like I don't know what he's the hell too I'm doing. honest almost. Yeah, yeah. And not yes, just that he, he caves. Can't lie. <laughs> he caves. He lies, and then they question him on it. And I, but I don't know if he's actually lying or he actually like thinks. Well, it was well, his, his statements were lying. Uh, well, oh, you're. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what? I don't think anybody did because I, I can look at him and I know. And then bad. he went to the locker room and went. Oops. They didn't quit. Ah, 
you know what I think they might have quit. I think actually after some the- of them quit. Not everybody quit though, which is good. Not everybody quit. Yeah, we, we had this debate on the last podcast though of, of losing the locker room at at any point. When you when you look from afar, do you try and see anything like you know? I don't know. Malcolm Jenkins walked out early or whatever. Somebody was reporting some of that stuff. Do you ever think that it's I don't know? Is that too much stock? Another thing that we overanalyze. I think that that as fans, like real fans, which, you know, like he was saying earlier, you guys, the media is not supposed to be fans, but that's bullshit. We all know. (laughs) It is true. That's kind of what we do here, right? I I, I, I try and beat that drum. There's no such thing as objectivity in any town, in any city. We we overanalyze everything, but I think that anytime you're losing, if you're an under 500 team, the locker room is going to have rifts in it, and it's yes, yeah. But I don't, I don't know that you can ever necessarily point to it being the fault of just the coach. Or if the team was winning, we wouldn't be talking about any of these right. things, and that's the way it always is. Yeah, so. exactly. The same, the same, the same things that we go through. Chip wins. They sure. probably still hated Shady. Probably still hated everybody, but they didn't care because they were winning it on. So I um, think the worst part of everything for me as a fan this year is still wanting to, like, drive to Chip Kelly's house and punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's a long drive really, now. really, really yeah, difficult. Yeah. Well, I'd take a helicopter. <laughs> oh, look at you. Wait, Service and Vibes doing a lot better <laughs> than we thought. Oh, do, yeah. I was going to say, you guys doing any West Coast tours? Got maybe personal, yeah. like, hey, man, we got to make a pit stop right there. Yeah. That's true. We do go to San Francisco. <laughs> oh, really? oh, oh, man. Hey, that's, that's there right. There uh, Do you know where you're playing in San Francisco? You've maybe? been no. warned, no. Chip. Yes, Get ready. Yeah. Here he comes. The whole entire crew of Circuit Survivors. Uh, don't don't uh, open the door uh, whenever that happens. Uh, do you want to plug a website, uh, Twitter handles, anything like that, my friend? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. Good choice. Thank you, though. This was a lot of fun for That's me. Yeah, no, we were, oh, we're so happy nice. that you could come out and join us. He's uh, like as us. Usual. We always talk about, like, we'll do the shows and, like, we won't mention our Twitter handles. Or like our names a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, we just talk. We just don't goes. think about something. Follow me on Twitter it. right yeah. now <laughs> at, uh, at Brandon Young, please. Sorry. Uh, you can follow my, the show my, on Twitter. Yeah. But my Twitter is weird because it's like it's me tweeting the like things that I think are hilarious. Other people think are insane. <laughs> yes, yes. And then just one day a week, me screaming about referees for like, <laughs> for hours and all of the people that normally follow me being like, heck, can I mute this guy? Like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I thought he was a guitar player. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's go through that. Kind of, what's he yelling about? Is there refs at concerts? Uh, we've awesome. Actually, we've always wanted to do a, uh, like, I want to come off stage one night and do like, uh, what is it called? Like that, the post-show, like, Thing that all the sports dudes do, like where they have to sit down and talk to the media. Oh, yeah. the post game oh, press conference. I want to do a press conference. I want to really come out with the band and be, and someone will be like, <laughs> well, it seemed like you left yeah. a couple notes yes, out there. Yes, yes. We, we should do that. Yo, if you <laughs> want, we do, we'll do talk that. to the guys. We'll do that. If you guys we'll want to do it on January third? We will do that. We'll do that. Yeah, we'll do a quick like five minute thing. We'll just yeah, you know, and we'll announce you. Brandon Lee Gowden, Birds Twenty Four Seven. I saw when you were going into that that E. 
Did you really want to play a D there? It sounded like <laughs> it was, you know, just going to do all that. You stumbled on the words yeah. during this yeah. song. I, was that like on I heard purpose? Is it a mumble Was that on word? purpose or did you mean to do that? Because that's normally just a normal yeah, snare hit. Do you think so you've lost the band, Brendan? <laughs> the, it, oh, that was the question. Yeah, that was it. Honestly, that was the winner. There's been a couple times. There's been a couple times in the studio where I think I might have lost the band. But it's cool now, I think. Well, I, I can guarantee you. think you're qualified to yeah. be a part of the band? Because the thing, the thing we didn't mention while we're here at the Plumsteadville Pub as well, where we, he, you know, I mean, Circus Survive is local, man. That's what's the, that's what's the the beauty about. I thought that he flew like, in on his helicopter to come <laughs> for the podcast. I, I did, but well, I live locally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, it literally is one of the best rock bands that is out there. It really is. I mean, like we can try and define that in any different way. It's not just straight ahead rock. And there's there's a lot of cool shit that they do. I've been. A, I actually meant to tell you, I've been a fan since I randomly bought your CD when you guys opened up at the North Star Bar for Dredge, like ages. R.I.P. the North Star so, Bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's, which is no longer there. It's a shame. It's gone. Uh, when but, did that happen? Uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, it's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. Kind of came out there. But uh, ever since then, I've been a fan of the band, and we appreciate you hanging out, Thanks, man. This man. has been a great time. I'm gonna so. go get us tequila shots. Yes, yeah. that yeah. sounds yeah. like a good idea. My kind of guy, right there. Uh, and we're, that's a that's a good spot just to kind of wrap this bad boy up. Yeah. Is, whenever uh, someone says they're buying you tequila shots, it's like, all right, we're out. Time to end the show. See you later. So we want to thank the Plumsteadville Pub one more time. It is a beautiful location. Uh, and for myself, John Barch, of course, Brandon Lee Gowton, Mr. James Seltzer, Brian Coulter, we want to thank you all for listening to BGN Radio, a Bud Light live right here on BGNRadio.com and BleedingGreenNation.com. Circus Survive. Where is Joe Douglas? Don't be-